Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Intentional grounding. Goaltenders caviar. Batter's box. Butterfly slam. False start. Shoestring timeout. Punt. 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 Watching sports is pretty great. Uh, okay. Let's let's in the interest of time, let's agree that that's true. But it can be challenging when you're at a place when maybe you should not be watching sports, but you'd like to watch sports anyway. You're talking, Say, about, you're talking about work. Yes, I would be. Or, and, or maybe a funeral, but probably work. Yes. And so as we get closer to the NCAA tournament, which I would say is probably one of the two most popular occasions to watch sports at work, I would say the other being the World Cup. That was pretty fun. Yeah, the World Cup, maybe the Olympics, or the Summer right, Olympics are up yeah. as well. That's true. That's true. So I was discovering today, while totally not attempting to watch basketball at work, that sometimes you get that irritating lag time between what you're watching and Twitter. And Twitter does that thing where a bunch of people all say, oh, man, or, oh, and then you wait 30 seconds and then you see what it is. And you're like, oh, this is what like the telegraph must have been like. Yeah, you can't. So here's what you do. If you're gonna if you're gonna watch it over if you're gonna watch a sporting event over a streaming feed of some sort, whether it's on your phone or through a Chromecast or whatever you're doing, you, you just can't have Twitter going. You can't have your Twitter feed going. Whether that means you have to, you know, scroll over in TweetDeck or just leave it on your notifications page or whatever. You just you just have to cut yourself off from that source because it doesn't add anything for you. No, no, actually if you, I I thought this is interesting. If you just look at Twitter in a vacuum during any sporting event, you will learn nothing. No. Uh, And that's why it's hilarious when people try to live tweet a sporting event because it's already, it's already just think about like reading a play by play recap of a sporting event that even that only tells you so much. And Twitter is, you know, maybe one eightieth of that. Right. So, so just don't, don't, don't keep, you have to choose slightly delayed, but still live sports or Twitter choose the slightly delayed live sports. Yeah. Or, or go get a TV steal cable from you someone near your office and eliminate this problem altogether. That's that's an excellent point. I'm just trying to make your life better, Jane. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would really I'm I'm sure that that would be great for my office. We uh we are going to have a very very accomplished guest on tonight's episode. Uh reporter from USA Today, Nicole Auerbach, a fellow Michigan 
alum with you. Yes. Because, God forbid, we don't talk about Michigan at any point. I don't know what would happen if we didn't talk about Michigan. What do people who don't talk about Michigan do all day? Oh, my God. We we have healthy relationships with the people we love. We I, I could do that. Can you? I, I could try really hard. <laughs> no. What, is, there any, is there any sporting topic we could touch upon where there would be no obviously shoehorned way that Michigan would come up in the conversation. So this is actually a funny, a funny note you add here. So my fiance is from New Zealand, right? New Zealand is currently the host of the cricket world cup, right? Which is a sporting event to which I know nothing about and can make no Michigan connections whatsoever. I bet if you tried, if you did it with a little, with a day of research, I bet yeah. you could find it. I, I'm sure I could, but just thinking about it, for one, cricket makes no sense. For another, there's really like I can't really get in a Harbaugh reference into this, so I don't. I, it's just not for me, I guess. He'd look ridiculous in the cricket outfit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, he'd be really intense about it too. He's really all those sticky wickets and such. He's really intense about everything. That doesn't. It's mean, true. That doesn't mean shit. Joining us tonight on Punt Brothers, a uh, reporter for USA Today in both both college football and college basketball, uh, and I believe coming to us from Nashville, Tennessee right now, Nicole Auerbach. Nicole, how are you tonight? I'm good. And yes, I am in Nashville. First time ever. I got like 100 restaurant recommendations yesterday, so I plan on gaining at least 10 pounds while I'm here for about five days. So really excited. Two pounds a day is, I think, the right rate. That, at mm-hmm. least based on what I know of people in Tennessee, that seems right. Yeah, that seems that seems accurate. That's uh, that's the the weight gaining schedule. Yeah, it's sort of like converting from one measure to another. Mm-hmm. You know, you you weigh so much in Tennessee that you weigh a different amount in somewhere. It's like British stone. I don't really know how the stone system works, but they have yep. it. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, sure. <laughs> So, so Nicole, you just published not too long ago a very interesting piece on John Calipari uh, from the perspective of not his, not precisely his uh, time as a coach now, but his time as a college player. Um, certainly, want to encourage everybody to read that. And I want to, I want to focus very briefly on one, the part that stood out to me the most, and that is John Calipari, college trailer park landlord. And I wonder if you could tell us. How you even stumbled into this particular uh, factoid? Yes. Um, so John Calipari at uh, Clarion University now it was Clarion State then D two place. He uh, the way he tells it, he was living in a dorm room that in dorm in a building that should have probably been shut down by the time he lived there. And he had there was like asbestos on, on the pipe that he slept next to, and he was like, I got to get out of here. I got to live somewhere else. So. He somehow, him and his roommate, then start living in a trailer that was near the basketball gym. And then, you know, John was just complaining. was like, wow, paying so much in rent to live in, like, a mobile home. I mean, there's got to be a better way. And he found a woman in Frogtown, Pennsylvania, which is one of the best details of the entire story. And she sold him two trailers. 
And he thinks they were about, you know, $2,500 a piece. He, ran, he borrowed money from his dad. So he bought two. He and his roommate lived in one of them. And then he rented out the other one and made a nice little profit off of that. He was able to pay his dad back within a year. And um, yeah, he was doing this uh, on the side as he was a college basketball player. He was making some money in college. Imagine if you could have rented a trailer from a college athlete when you were a student, Jane. You yeah. would have done that in a heartbeat. Also, I would have wound up right, renting a trailer from like Ryan Mallett, and that would have been a terrible idea. Uh, Ryan Mallett, I promise you, would have smuggled drugs into the trailer for you. Oh God, yes. Do you think? Do you think John Calipari ever looks back and says, "Maybe that's the path I should have taken. I should have been like a nationwide supplier of college trailer housing." You know, he certainly. I'm not going to suggest that he hasn't been an extremely successful college basketball coach. But consider the opportunity that he gave up. Yeah, I don't think he regrets that. <laughs> okay, I mean that idea. I think that, that he's idea. Doing what is... he wants to be doing. Um, but no, no, it was, it was a, There were a lot of fun details. He also used to like write down motivational quotes and put them on like post-it notes, put them in his dorm room. There were like a lot of, you know, little tidbits that that were kind of fun. Because I mean, I just feel like so many times, and and that's why it's a fun story to work on. I feel like so many times, you know, we only really know coaches as coaches or their public persona or this or that or you know and it's kind of fun to talk to all these people that knew them when they were you know 18 years old and um thought that you know i'm gonna rent out a trailer yeah <laughs> and it's a great idea it worked, you know and, and, and you know it was just kind of i think it's it's fun sometimes to, and he's kept in touch with all of these people from his past which is just incredible i was like does he have more than 24 hours in a day like how is he keeping up with these players that he played with one year at UNC Wilmington, like, I, I I was amazed at part of, you know, some of that stuff. But, yeah. so, it was, it was a fun story to work on. But, yes, I'm glad that you your favorite part was the trailer part. I mean, come on. The Floridian was definitely going to ask about that. You knew that coming in. I did. But also the photos, aren't they great? Yeah, because he, 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 you're definitely like, yeah, that's 100% John Calipari. He de- has not really changed uh, in, in any drastic way uh, since nope. his youth. Um, so, obviously, you were not just in Nashville to – learn about John Calipari's business, uh, uh, juvenile business background, shall we say. Um, it's pretty early in the conference tournament weekend. We're recording this on Thursday night. So we're not really at the point where the major upsets can happen, I guess, unless you want to talk about Penn State beating Iowa or Auburn beating Texas A&M. So I'm not going to put you on the spot to say uh, too much about what the tournament is going to look like, but... If you had to give us one team that, as of now, people really like, people think they're destined for a pretty good seed in the tournament, that you think could be out of it maybe before even the Sweet 16, what team would that be to you? Oh, so we're starting So we're starting with someone that a lot of people, like other, te- other writers and fans and people like that I am less high on. Yeah, like, like somebody, like who's somebody that, let's say an idiot like me might say, oh, I could see them, I could see them making a final four run. And you're like, yeah, I, I just, I would not be surprised if you are crossing that off much earlier than you expect to. Okay, well, so I think, you know, I've been thinking about that. I think there's two different ways. I think there's two conferences that um, are, are kind of fit that mold. I think everyone's been so high on the Big 12 all year and it's been really competitive, but I kind of compare it to the SEC West where like, I think that the teams are all really close to each other. And I think they're all good, but I don't know if there's a great team there. And so I could see like no Big 12 teams get through the first weekend. I could also see like, you know, two in the Elite Eight. So I, I'm a little less high on the Big 12 in general because I just don't think that there's a great team or that the top of that league is great. Um, 
and then I'll also give you for for a specific team, I'll say I'll say Wisconsin. I think you know they they have a really great offense, very efficient. I just think the Big Ten's been so up and down this year. I think they were better last year when they reached the Final Four. I don't see them getting back to the Final Four. Um, despite the fact that, like, you know, Frank Kaminsky is going to be player of the year and he already has a bunch of player of the year awards. Um, and they have a, a really efficient offense. Bo Ryan's a great coach. I just think that they're going to have trouble repeating what they did last year. I could, I think, having watched a lot of Big Ten basketball this year, one, I am a terrible, terrible decision maker. And two, I think I would probably agree with that. I'm, I'm probably a little higher on Wisconsin than you are. Um, just based on just their defensive prowess and just like, you know, even in their bad performances, like their loss to Maryland, I think that there's some potential there, but I just think overall the big 10, like, you know, even the teams that are going to make the journey from the big 10, like it's not as strong a group as it has been the last couple of years. Right. And and so to me, like, I think, you know, Wisconsin only really lost like one piece from last year's team, but he was an important one and it's really hard to repeat, you know, like it, yeah. it, it's, it's almost, easier to do it the first time when you it's just kind of a blur and you know everything's clicking and uh, you know I just I would be surprised if they get back especially if they're going to be which they might be the number two seed in Kentucky's uh part of the bracket obviously that would be pretty difficult so so flipping this question on its head then let's talk about a team that may be uh you know writers fans whoever are going to look at and not necessarily feel a wellspring of confidence uh inside of them that you think could surprise us and make a deeper tournament run, maybe that sort of, you know, 8 to 10 seed that makes a Final Four run out of nowhere. If you had to pick that now, one of those teams, who would that potentially be? All right, well, you did not give me this restriction of an 8 to 10 seed earlier. Oh, you know, so you, can, I, you can do whatever you want with this question. I don't deserve I any. I like, that I think people are going to, like, pick to be upset. Um, like I think that Notre Dame is really good and I like really have enjoyed watching them this season. Jaron Grant is like a blast and their offense is really good, which is a rarity in college basketball these days. So like, I think they're going to be like a three or four seed or whatever they're going to get. Um, but I think people are going to say, Oh, well, Mike Bray's teams haven't, you know, gone very far in the tournament or, you know, experience levels, blah, 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 blah. But I, that's a team like that could be like a dark horse final four, depending on like how the bracket comes, comes out. I think that another team that you're going to hear a lot about, so it might be a popular trendy pick, would be Northern Iowa. Because in both of these cases, with Notre Dame too, like like what you want when you're picking upsets in the tournament are veteran teams with like one star who can kind of take over. And Northern Iowa has that in Seth Tuttle, who actually is getting, he's getting a lot, he got a lot more attention the second half of the year because I think people realized, you know, how good they were and how, how much that team was pushing Wichita State, which obviously is a really respected program as well. So I think like that, they're going to be, I'm not sure what seed range they're in, but I think that they're going to be a team that people are going to look at to go far. I think Notre Dame and like a Gonzaga people don't trust yet. And those are going to be high seeded teams that I do trust and I do have faith in. So um, I, that doesn't really answer your question. It's, it's hard before the bracket and like, you know, in the eight to 10 seed range, those are, those are teams that have some serious flaws or some serious inconsistencies a lot of time. So, um, so they're tough. I, I did, I went over to Belmont today. So the Belmont, if Belmont gets like a 14, or even a 15, I mean, that's a team you could pick for, for a really big upset in, in the opening round. I mean, look, I ask this question as somebody who is himself very flawed and troubled, like a 10 or 11 seed. So, I, so you know, I'm looking for someone like, like me. Or 11 seed of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably in a playing game, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's let's take the bigger picture 
take yourself back to the beginning of the college basketball season, uh, comparing where we are now to where we were then, what do you think has been, just in your totally subjective opinion, the most pleasant surprise of the season? Uh, well, if you couldn't tell earlier in my rave review, I, I, Notre Dame's been a really good story, and I think um, Jaron Grant, he was he had to leave, he was set, suspended, had to leave the program, had academic issues last year, so he he decided to come back to school, and he's had you know all American type season, so I think he's a great redemption story, which I'm not sure. People necessarily thought he had the season he would. Um, and then I also think Butler's a fantastic story. I mean, it's Butler, so they have to be, right? But they were dealing with their their head coach, uh, Brandon Miller, had health issues and took a leave of absence literally like right before practices began. And Chris Holtman stepped in as the interim head coach, and they just played so hard for him and played so well. You know, he got the permanent job. And that's that's a resilient team, and, and they've gone through now three different coaches in the last three years. And different leagues and they're still Butler and they're still lovable and they still have like, we all know I love bulldog mascots. So <laughs> they have their awesome blue three. Um, so, so I mean, I just think that they're a team that, you know, people thought we're still going to be adapting and struggling in the big East like they did last year and, and would have every right to, and, and every expectation to when you're going through a coaching change like that with a health issue and, you know, players are worried about them and, you know, they've just had had a great season in a really, you know, the Big, Big East had a great season as a conference. So it was a tough league, played well. Chris Holtman's, you know, a really good guy. So they've been a joy, too. First, I'll say that I also am a big fan of Bulldog mascots. Excellent. Especially since uh, Butler's mascot occasionally skateboards. And because the blog entry last year when the Butler mascot died is the saddest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, that was a really sad news story that I had to write. Like, like that's yeah, that's that's had to grit. It was, it was one of the sadder stories I've had to do. Taking Ryan's question and flipping it, if you look back to the beginning of the season, who do you think has been the biggest disappointment of this college basketball season? Well, I would say like theoretically, like on a big picture scale, like offense has been a disappointment, like just the fact that it's been very non-existent this season. Um, and, it, you know, I mean, there's been a lot said and, and, and written about the unwatchability of the game and, and not necessarily to, to say that defenses weren't good and aren't good. I mean, obviously Kentucky and Virginia are like historically good defenses, but I just think a lot of other teams are getting credit for playing good defense when it's just the other guys can't make shots and the skill level isn't there and, the coaches aren't calling creative things. So, so that's been, that's been a frustrating part of the game. Um, there's it's just been way too many games like in the teens at the half. Um, but if you want to like a specific answer to that, I would say also Nebraska. Um, I loved the Nebraska ball phase and craze last year. Tim miles is one of the most fun coaches to cover. And um, I really thought, and we were just talking about how the big 10 has been kind of not as strong as it's been. And, and also all over the place. I mean, that should have been Nebraska returned. Everybody it was coming off a huge kind of breakthrough season. And like, like I said Still earlier, brought, it's so hard know, to brought re- back pet away. Like they, you know, yeah. Tim, Mile, like he's was, the nicest guy in the league. So he's also the goofiest, but yeah, like pet away <laughs> should have had kind of a huge season. He should have been, you know, first team, all big 10 and he should have been taking over games. And so they were, they were disappointing because they were so much fun last year. So it would have been great to see him do it again. Right. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna ask you a couple of more offbeat, less really basketball related questions here to wrap things up. So let's say you are in charge of a basketball team. You have the ball on your last possession. We'll say the we'll say it's tied. You're gonna get one shot, and you have to give the ball to a current college basketball coach who's over fifty years old. 
And I want to clarify that I only picked 50 so that I could sort of arbitrarily take away the younger-ish coaches who have played, you know, in not not that long ago in memory, like, you know, Bobby Hurley at Buffalo or Rex Walters at San Francisco. So I really want you to have to pick somebody who we can't immediately say, oh, yeah, I can picture that guy taking the last second shot. Who is that coach for you? All right. Does it have to be Division One? I mean, if you really want to dig deep, I will. I will let you go wherever you want I, with this. Thank you. Okay, so a story I did earlier this year was on Herb McGee at Philadelphia University. He's a shot doctor. He's like he's in his seventies, and he can literally like he runs camps and he stands like you know like at the free throw line or beyond it, and he can hit like a hundred shots in a row. He's got like the purest shot. So I would totally take him, and he definitely fits all of your requirements. If you're letting me pick. Man, outside of Division One, <laughs> that's such a good. All right, but but it, did he strike you as somebody who can make a shot with a defender having putting a hand in his face? Yes. Damn, that's such a good. Like my answer is garbage compared to that. What is your answer? Okay, so my answer was Tad Boyle, the coach at Colorado. Oh. Uh, you know, played for Kansas on that Danny Manning team. Did not really shoot the ball a lot. He only averaged like four points a game. But in my twisted mind, that means that there is this unused shooting greatness in him. And he would really appreciate me giving, putting my faith in him and giving him the chance to take the last shot. But that's, that says a lot about why I am not a coach of any sport at any level, probably. Right, like the odds of the odds would eventually have to even out. You think so? Yeah, but I, I, I'm probably leaning too much on what a movie would tell me at this point. So, I don't know, Jane. Do you have a coach that you would pick for this uh, unnecessary hypothetical? Uh, I'd probably go with a uh, Stanford's Johnny Dawkins, mostly Ooh, that was because answer. Yeah, he's got you know. NCAA and NBA experience and just the idea of like Gus Johnson yelling Johnny Dawkins that's true makes me really happy that's true uh another good possibility for this Reggie Theus the coach at Cal State Northridge uh Cal State Northridge is not good but Reggie had a perfectly fine NBA career as a shooting guard so and he's 57. He does not look... I will say, the fun part about putting this hypothetical together was figuring out which coaches you're like, oh man, he's over 50? And how much you're like, oh man, he's under 50? Like, there's a yeah. lot of coaches that... They don't age in the way you necessarily expect. No. By no, the they don't. Jane, I would just like to point out that your answer was basically as close to Michigan as you could get. His son plays for Michigan. I, 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 you know, I did not think about that at all. Of course not. Why would I think about that, Nicole? Uh, Jane, let's, why don't we end with our, our big hypothetical, or uh, it's more of a ranking, I guess. You and I had a heated debate about it. So if you want to, if you want to set it up, we'll go ahead and get this argument out of the way. We were discussing, so as you know, uh, obviously, that uh, different college basketball games have different halftime arena entertainment acts. And these specific acts tend to be fairly similar. Uh, there's Quick Change. There was Red Panda, who I will miss for the rest of my life. But we wanted to know kind of what were your top halftime arena entertainment acts for basketball games? What was the debate? So the debate was that I wanted to rank them 
And Jane said, well, Red Panda is obviously the best. And basically my point was Red Panda is not on this list because Red Panda isn't an active, like it's over. We have to move on. And no, I, no, we don't. And no, no, so, I, I side with Jane on this. That, that was, that was, that was dumb, Ryan. You I, can't. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not trying. It's more like I want to retire Red Panda's jersey. I'm not saying we should forget oh, about Red that. Panda. I'm just saying, for purposes of if I were to go to a college basketball game tomorrow and I could pick the halftime show from the available options. Okay. So, so what are so? Let's just say, for the sake of argument, that everybody picks Red Panda number one with a bullet. Right. What yes. what are you picking after that? Red Panda is unavailable. Um. So have you guys ever seen like the kids who do the jump rope stuff? Yes. Like yes. They, I don't know what it's called. But, like they do all sorts of different things. They're incredible. I would have to pick them as like an active number one seed. Wow. I I I mean I got I thought for sure you'd go with like indoor frisbee dog. Uh, have you seen the jump rope kids? The jump rope kids. Are I cool. saw them at the. Ryan, that's like Brooklyn. You should have seen them. No, the jump rope kids are cool. Uh, I would prefer jump rope dogs, though. And to be clear, I don't mean humans holding jump ropes while dogs jump through them. I mean the entire act is like the dog has the jump. Some dogs have the jump ropes in their mouth, and they've learned how to spin them. They've learned double dutch. All that dogs would be, and jump ropes. That would be the most impressive athletic thing I would ever see. That would be it. <laughs> Athletic is not necessarily. I'm not sure it's athletic. I I, would I say, also hope you. I would say it would be. That's a sport. If it if that <laughs> could be, that's a sport. It, it would definitely replace something in the Olympics. I think. I think you're right oh, about that. Definitely. Oh man, that's a whole. The, the the mere fact that we don't have an international dog Olympics, entirely separate argument, and one that I think the Olympic Committee should get on. Tomorrow, if not sooner, I can send you the email for the USOC. Thank you, you need it. thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Um, Nicole Auerbach, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your uh, stay in Nashville. Uh, good luck gaining two pounds a day. I believe in you. We all we all do, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. we we will be sure to talk to you uh, very soon in the near future. Thanks so much, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Obviously, NCAA tournament time means one shining moment time. And we're not going to get into a thing about one shining moment as a song that's been done. I think it's also worth noting that you and I and this podcast, I don't think we're going to be able to do anything about it. That's true. But I think it is a good opportunity um, to talk about our own non-shining moments as athletes yes uh so i'll go first i'm pretty much a non-shining athlete at everything uh easily the least athletic person in my family totally fine with that by the way i've reached the age where being athletic would not make my life being inherently athletic would not make my life much better um but i think the least athletic thing I've ever done would have to have been in middle school when I played on the middle school basketball team, played sparingly. It was definitely coming off the bench, 
my main goal was to just not do anything at all. Try to do as little as possible because that's how you screw up. Right, right. Yeah. But, but contrary to those wishes, somebody passed me a ball. Uh, I got a little frenzied because I think we were facing a half-court press, and I promptly dribbled the wrong direction towards the wrong basket. But I will say this, in my own defense, I did not shoot the basketball. I at least heard the screams of agony coming from the bench telling me that I was going the wrong way. See, that that's good. That's good. So that was a plus. Yeah. What is, what is if you had to pick a, a moment of sports, personal athletic shame, what would you go So, with? first I'll note that I don't know if this is the same way for you or for other people who are listening to this, but I remember moments from like second and third grade better than I remember anything that happened last month. Infinitely better. Yeah, because your your brain was new and uh, still good. It was, yes. you know, like a, like a shiny new appliance that had... It's, Right, worn down over time. Right, right. Now I'm addled and old. Yeah. So when I was in third grade, there was a kid named Ryan Anders who thought he was super cool because he'd had a small defect in his heart and he had this really, like, he had surgery. And so he had this really big scar that he would show off at the drop of a hat. Okay. And he was just super annoying about it and basically made it seem as if because he'd had heart surgery, he was cooler than everybody else in our class. And this was third grade where this all mattered a lot. So I was playing tag with Ryan Anders and I was like running away from him and I was just like, you know, like there's no way you can catch me. I've totally got this. And I turned around, I believe to taunt him. And this is why taunting is bad. As I was turning, I ran direct because I was turned around. I ran directly into the corner of a brick wall. Oh, no. Like literally head first. And it's one of those things that like, if Vine had been around, yeah. that Vine would have been viewed a billion times. Oh, yeah, I would be, be a Vine star. You'd probably I, be on Ellen or something. Oh, my God. I would probably have to become, like, a shaman in, like, some, like, backwards country somewhere to get away from it. Like, you, you, No, you wouldn't. You would embrace it. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you, you know Brickwall Jane got an endorsement deal with New Balance? It's pretty cool. That's true. I, I would hope I would embrace it and not be, like, ruined by it, like Star Wars kid or something. Like. <laughs> We can only hope. But anyway, so I immediately fall back, clearly. Like, it was, it's, it went exactly the way you're imagining it, of just me running into the wall and then falling down. And then, like, that was the first time I ever had to get stitches. And I remember my dad came and picked me up, and he had to leave work. And it was one of those things where he was, like, very sympathetic, but at the same time, like, I told him what happened. And now thinking back, I'm like, I think he thought it was funny, but he could not in any way indicate that he thought it was funny. Did you, because it is like it was pretty funny. Like you, it was only like a small, like a small cut, but it bled a lot because it's on your head. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have a scar from where this happened? I a very small scar that's mostly covered up by my hairline. Um, so so now, yeah. So, so you won because this this Ryan had his scar that he showed off all the time. And now you you got yourself your own. You weren't. Trying I know. To, but I know. I was not. I was not. And uh. I I actually recently found this Ryan on Facebook, and as far as I can tell, he no longer shows off his stupid heart surgery scar. Stupid. Um, no one cares about your heart surgery. No one did in third grade either. Um, but yeah, so that was that was not great. Like 
I was a really overweight kid, so pretty much anything I did with athletics was like super awkward, except for handball, which I was really good at in gym class. But yeah, I would say running directly into the corner of a brick wall. That was pretty bad. Take take that, kids with heart defects. Boo you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.